Welcome to Tips from the Server Room. This podcast is designed for all you systems admins, network specialists, or the guys and gals out there in the office who handles it all. Sit back, relax, grab a beverage, and enjoy Tips from the Server Room. That's right, folks. Welcome back once again to Tips from the Server Room. This is episode number 151 for December the 10th, 2019. I'm your host, Jack, and I'm going to be guiding you into, through, and back out of the worlds of systems administration, network administrations, and all fields of IT. Please check out my website if you have not done so at tipsfromtheserverroom.com where you can comment on these shows, and I, I wish that you would, and a lot of you are starting to comment, and I really do appreciate that. Also, don't forget to get the very best of Windows Server Education. Check out my Windows Server 2012 uh, class. That can be found at jtclearning.com. That's jtclearning.com. And you can sign up and begin learning right away. Don't forget also to go to jackstechcorner.com. And if you signed up there before, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to sign up again. And the reason is that I had a major system crash. I tried to install SSL certificates. I think we talked about that in a prior show. And um, it just totally blasted the site. So I had to rebuild it from scratch. And it is back up and running. So uh, the email subscriptions are there. So please sign up. I will never sell your email or give it away. Uh, it's totally for personal and private use for you to be uh, notified about uh, uh, postings that I put up on that particular uh, blog site. So that's jackstechcorner.com. So tonight I thought I would talk to you a little bit about the importance of programming and automation. I'm looking at the last show to see what we talked about during that last show. Uh, we did talk a little bit about macros, but I'm kind of going to go... Even a little bit deeper than that um, to understanding programming languages. And, you know, you may not be a programmer. You might be like, Jack, you know, I just want to be a networking guy. Just leave me alone. Let me be a networking guy. and Or, or I just want to be a computer guy and uh, work on a computer. And, and that's all well and good. I did that for years, several, several, several years I've done that, uh, where I've worked on, you know, building networks, uh, putting VoIP phone service in for people. Uh, configuring their firewalls to, you know, allow uh, certain things and disallow other things and keeping the bad guy out of their networks. But I have a great joy when I can take something that somebody is doing and you sit with them for a while and you look and you say, wow, that takes you four hours to do that task. And I can automate that task with some programming and bring that task down to, you know, minutes or even seconds uh, sometimes, and just to see the joy on their face, and it's just really, really great. You know that you did a good job, and that you, uh, you know, I mean, you're going to reap the rewards in the end. And I know we talked a lot about last week about macros, uh, and a lot of the macro stuff I'm doing is Excel macros. When I first started the job that I currently have, um, working for, uh, you know, this uh, the research firm. I started to dig into, you know, uh, ways of doing things better because when I first started there, and I think I brought this up in the past, and I even told my boss this, I said, 
when he gave me my uh, six month review, I said, look, I said, three days in, I was quitting. I called my wife. I said, you know what? This is the stupidest job I've ever had. And I'm quitting. I'm just, I'm leaving. And I told him that in my review. Oh, why, 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 Jack? Why would you want to leave? You know, we looked at so many candidates before we found you and we picked you and we want to make you happy. I said, well, the big thing is, is these Excel spreadsheets and these, these bulk emails that we do. Um, the big thing is with that is it was all hands on. He said he watched the old guy that worked there. Well, not old guy. He worked, he watched a guy that worked there uh, for a few months. And he watched him and said, yeah, it's very cumbersome. It's very um, uh, manipulative, involved. It's very, uh, you know, there's a lot of room for error. So I took all that room for error and I said, look, I'm going to program this and write code around this to make it so we can just click a button in Excel. And I learned how to put custom buttons in Excel tied to my custom macros. And now those custom macros are actually on a personal workbook that sits in a startup folder for Excel, and it's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Because now I'm able to take that same code and share that with my coworkers. So by the time I get an Excel spreadsheet now, the email portion is already set up. It's ready to be done and put into the email program and sent off. So it saves me countless hours at work, uh, countless headaches at work, Calls to my wife saying, look, this is the worst job I've ever had in my life. Well, second worst job. The one worst job was <laughs> was an electrical company in Washington. I actually would be on my way to work on my motorcycle car and say, you know what? I'm not going there today uh, because that place is a bunch of assholes and I'm not going to work there today. And I would just ride my motorcycle off into the sunset and, and I wouldn't go to work uh, because I hated it that bad. Now, folks. That brings me to another topic. If you hate your job that bad, get out of it. Move on. Find something else to do. Um, you know, there's a lot of problems in the world that needs solved. And I don't think one of those is you going to work and being miserable every day. And I know people do it. People get stuck in those in those, in those those loops, right, where, you know, I think I'm at the age and I'm at the time of my life right now when I could tell somebody, you know what, screw off. I'm not doing it anymore. And uh, I'll be fine. I'll be okay. Uh, I'm not worried about that too much. And I think you have to find that place in your life to, to get that, that down pat. So if you're going to work every day, like when I went for this this uh, private like electrical company here uh, in my local town, they hired me. They lowballed me to death. You know, I told them I wanted, at the time, I don't know what it was like. I want 60000 they're like, oh, well, well, the most we're going to pay you is thirty-five. And I'm like, okay. And I accepted it like a like that was the stupidest thing, first of all. Don't ever let anybody lowball you. Uh, I read something on Facebook recently. I told my wife, I said it was very interesting. Uh, everybody wants the best, but they don't want to pay for the best. So, you know, if they want the best, make these people, make these companies pay you the money that you want. Uh, the company I'm working for right now, um, I, I told them exactly what I needed to make, and they came in $1,000 lower, but it was 5000 more than I was making at my previous job. So I said, okay, I'm going to accept that, that, that pay because I knew that would be okay there, and I knew I'd make the money I want. But when I went to that job that time, and I, I think I talked about this before because it's so hilarious, uh, I went there, um, you know, and they lowballed me like, $25,000 below what I was making at my last position. And I was like, 
well, you know, anyway, I, I had days I just wouldn't go to work. Now, if you want to call me like, you know, butthead or something, or I was stupid or, you know, why did I take it? I don't know why. I t- well, yeah, I know why I took it. Sometimes we take jobs because we don't think we're marketable. Um, I know deep down inside of my heart that I am more marketable today than I was 10 years ago. And, um, you know, I was laid off at the time. I was laid off. I was on unemployment for two weeks, and I snatched that job up. My wife actually yelled at me and said, what are you doing? You're an idiot. Uh, She was telling me, get on my motorcycle, take some long rides, take some vacation time, and just go – we were getting unemployment, uh, so who cares? I mean, we were fine. You know, we were going to be fine for six months. Who cares? But I jumped at the first opportunity I had out there, even though they lowballed me. <clears throat> and I absolutely hated it. I mean, I came home every day, and I told my neighbor once, I said, if you find me hanging in the tree out back, um, just realize that that's because of the stupid-ass job that I took. Uh, and it was just ridiculous for me to do so. But So if you're not happy with your job, Move on. Tonight, matter of fact, the beer again is the Pennsylvania Brewing Company. It's a Nut Roll L. It's amazing. But I just wanted to throw a little commentary. I'm sorry sometimes I go off on a tangent, but if you're not happy at your current job, start seeking other employment. And people say, well, it's hard. So people will tell you this too. Well, wait a minute. So I'm at a job right now. How am I going to interview for other jobs? I don't care. It takes sick time. Uh, you know, tell them your cat is pregnant. Tell them, you know, your, your dog got ran over by a tractor trailer and you have to stay. I don't care what you tell them. You are doing this for you. You are number uno one. Number one. And, you know, you got to worry about you. So don't worry about that company you work for. And it's true. I've seen on uh, posts before about if you died tomorrow, your job will be posted uh, before your uh, lid of your coffin's even closed. Trust me, the company really doesn't care about you. Uh, it's just the way it is. And I think the company I work for now uh, cares about me a lot, um, but there's a lot of ways that, you know, I mean, they do. I think they care, and I think they, they honestly uh, are really, really good people to work for. Um, I don't have any problems with the company I'm working for now, but if I'm ready to move on, I'm moving on. I have no... No quorums. I'm not holding anything back. So just something to think about. So I just wanted to throw that out there to you. If, Like I said, if you think I'm a butthead for thinking that way, well, believe me, after being at a job for 13 years and getting uh, royally screwed up the butt, uh, you understand that that's just the way life is, folks. I mean, you know what? Nobody cares about you. Uh, you could be, uh, you know... Uh, <laughs> An angel one day, and then you know you're the demon the next day, and they're going to dump your ass, and it's just the way life goes. So you know sometimes you got to dump their ass before they dump your ass. So, all right, let's move on. So there's two types of programming code that I use, or two types of programming interfaces I'm using right now. One is called Sublime Text. That's S-U-B-L-I-M-E Text. Uh, I use that for all my PHP programming, and it's amazing. I'm glad the gentleman that worked with me showed it to me and said, hey, look, you got to use this because it also has a built-in SFTP uh, client. So what that means is as I'm programming, I could do a a control S, right, to save uh, my my page I'm working on, and it automatically uploads it to the server. 
So I automatically can see those changes on the server. That's good and bad. I was working on a bunch of uh, PHP programs or PHP files, I should say, uh, yesterday and today. And as I'm uploading these, I'm realizing these are live pages people are using on our intranet site. And they're, they're seeing these things change throughout the day, and they're probably wondering, like, what is, you know, Jack doing back there? And uh, anyway, so what I did was I put a bunch of text on the page that says, look, don't use this below this line. I am currently working on this page. You can uh, use the code at the, at the top, you know, because it's a database site. Uh, you can use this code. It's working, but don't use this code. So, But that is what I've been doing with Subline text so there's another one out there called visual studio code or vs code and this is really coming along it's from microsoft i haven't played with it a whole lot but you can program pretty much any language you want within this vs code ide and you know it's not visual studio it's vs code so it's used for stuff like python perl uh php um, and I'm sure you can do, uh, I think you can do C+, you can do C Sharp in it, and many, many more. But it's all in the same interface, so it's really, really cool. haven't really played with it a whole lot, but I did look. And if you didn't go over to my uh, YouTube page at 42 Technoman, you would notice that I unboxed last week a Chromebook. And this Chromebook, you can load the VS uh, code IDE on it because you can load a subset of Linux and now the Chromebook supports Linux so you can load some really cool applications on there and I also loaded uh, the sublime text and it's very very good it works very easily very fluently you would think you're just on a you know and I'm so sick of everybody like oh you got a Chromebook uh, you got a Mac uh, a MacBook Air uh, you got you know uh, an IBM you got a Lenovo you got an HP you know what, folks? Honestly, you have a laptop. Uh, the Chromebook is a laptop. It is a, it is a workhorse now. Uh, they are really, really uh, coming leaps and bounds with the operating system. I love using it. It's very easy to use, and I think you would love it too. So look around for some Chromebooks. I found one at Best Buy uh, on Cyber Monday for like 120 bucks. So... Uh, it's a good purchase, you know, it's something to get you familiar with it because Chromebooks are coming around. I see that maybe, the, and if anybody remembers, uh, when I was working in the industry at one time, I had a ton of people, uh, when the iPad first came out, they were bringing all these iPads into the office. I'm like, holy crap, how do you get this on the wireless? I'm like, I don't know. Uh, but then I figured out that that was pretty much like my iPhone, so it made sense, But uh, but you get the idea, so... Uh, be prepared. That's what I'm always telling you. So buy yourself a Chromebook and be prepared. After this holiday season, I think you're going to be seeing a lot of those in your network. Um, and don't be the network Nazi. You know, don't be that person like, I'll never let that hook into my network. You know, uh, honor it. Bring it in. Let these people use uh, whatever they buy. Uh, I'm a big fan of bring your own device. I am a big fan of that. And uh, if you bring a device in, we'll get you on the network, and we'll, we'll at least get you internet service. The next thing I want to talk to you a little bit about, and we've talked about this in the past, is understanding your servers and log files. The log files in these past two weeks have helped me out tremendously. Being able to go in, filter the log files out, 
and find out what was going on with my servers. And I found an issue with my servers, and I found an error coming up all the time. So I dug around, and I found out how to stop that error. So that's where the log files are really beneficial. So you can actually go in there, and we looked at this in the past, but check those log files. And I tell you another thing about log files. Uh, working on all this PHP code, I was doing some SQL insert statements in PHP, and as I was building those insert statements, I was it was just telling me a web page not displayed. Well, that doesn't really give me the error codes. But I found that I can go to the uh <clears throat> the I think yeah, that's a Ubuntu that's a Ubuntu server, and I go through the commands and I search the logs, and I'm able to find what errors I'm having based on the um Apache log files. So they are very helpful. You got to be able to read them. You got to be able to find them. So that's the big thing. So make sure you know where your log files are and how to read those. So many people go, well, it's not working. I'll just start over. I don't want to do that because it takes a lot of time to start over. And I don't really, really want to do that. So I've been really getting into the log files lately and really building, um, you know, my own relationship with them. So I understand them and understand how to read them. Uh, the big thing on Linux <clears throat> with log files is they're writing all the time. So if you just do like a uh, like a nano and open up a log file with the nano editor, you are going to see stuff in there from the day you turn that server on. So also learn how to filter your logs. Um, I found a command today. I think it was called end of file or something, but it gave me the past, uh, the last like eight statements in that log file. And that was tremendous for me because that's where my errors were writing to the end of the file, not the beginning of the file, uh, because it appends, right? So it writes it to the end of the file. And uh, it helped me a lot. It got me through the day and it showed me what was going wrong with my code. So yeah, I'm still working out errors, but I will get there. All right, so the last thing tonight we're going to talk about is uh, we talked about last week about moving. I talked about calling the Internet provider at the place we're going to be uh, moving our uh, offices to. And the main question I had for them was how many outside IP addresses do we have? I know currently where, I, where I'm at right now, we have six. Five? Six. Six. And we are currently using three. So... If we move, uh, there's a little bit of problem with our SMTP servers, the way they're set up uh, with the SFP records and the way they're set up and they're pointing to the uh, particular outside addresses we have right now, which we are not going to have those same addresses facility because it's so far away and it's a different internet provider. So there's a lot of things for me to think about, but I said, look, how many do we have at the new facility and the new company is is very good. And you folks know I used to sell internet services and I used to sell, um, you know, frame relay lines, believe it or not. That was a little bit while back there. But uh, to companies and I would set their firewalls up, set their routers up and everything. But uh, most companies would ask you for maybe two or three outside IP addresses and we would generally uh, issue those and that's fine. That's not a problem. Uh, but right now at the at the new facility, I think we also have six. So I think we will be absolutely fine with six. 
But you have to ask yourself, and so many people say, how many outside IP addresses are enough? One school district I used to talk to a lot, I knew the tech director there, they had an outside IP address for every device they had connected to the internet. Now, by, by device, I don't mean their computers. Let's say they're, um, they're HVAC, uh, their uh, water distribution center had an outside IP address. Uh, the ventilation system had an outside IP address. And all these different things. Well, one time what happened was, being they didn't NAT everything the proper way, right? I would NAT it, static it, or static it through the firewall, but they would take it outside IP address and run it straight to the device. Well, one time they they were getting all this problem with their heating, their HVAC. Uh, it was it was middle of summer, and their heat was on, blowing at like ninety degrees, and. Uh, you know, the guy called me up and said, Jack, I don't know why this is happening. I said, I'm kind of figuring just maybe uh, you got hacked. And somebody has that outside IP address, and they're just playing some pranks on you by turning the temperature up. And uh, he said, no way. And I said, well, how can you tell? I said, because you ran that line directly from your firewall directly to that device, and it's not going through through your firewall. It's going, like, direct out from uh, you know, basically uh, whatever provider they had, uh, fiber switch. And he said, oh, no, that would never happen. I, I told the administration that would, you know, it would be fine. I said, well, you know, obviously you lied, and I believe you got hacked, but there's no way to prove it because there's no log files. So after I talked to them, uh, <laughs> he actually asked me to come out. I did go out on a weekend and help him out. We actually set a firewall up, and we actually started setting up logging, and we were able to watch that, and we actually put it through a NAT uh, while well, we did a static through the firewall so we can watch those ports uh, open and close when they needed to be. So, But, yeah, so you have to ask yourself how many IP addresses are enough. Most companies out there, probably I would recommend five. I don't know why you'd have to have any more unless you're some kind of a web uh, site provider, maybe. Um, but even at that, there's there's a many, many, many ways to host multiple addresses with one IP address. So you really have to ask yourself, is is it really worth it uh, to do that, to have more than you need? Uh, plus it's an expense, right? We have to pay for those. So it is a slight expense to have those outside addresses. And um, if you don't really need them, then I would recommend not to have those. All right, but that brings me to the end of tonight's podcast. I'm sorry, it's a little bit shorter than normal. I mean, we might just about hit the 30-minute the mark there, but um, that's about everything I want to talk to you about tonight. I will be bringing more to you about the automation uh, because I'm still writing a lot of code at work, a lot of VBA code, and a lot of you have responded back already saying that you do the same thing. Uh, if Folks, if you can automate, if you can learn to code something, and I know coding is not... Uh, it, it pays well, but it uh, it's not something that everybody wants to do. But I think as a technologist, you have to understand some coding, uh, even if it's coding like PowerShell scripting, right? Even if it's understanding how to use PowerShell better, you need to learn something to make yourself more marketable. Because remember my early rant uh, about hating your job and wanting a new one? If you don't learn new things, you're not going to be marketable at all. You're going to be stuck in the job you're in uh, until you know you retire 
or you, uh, you know, you kick over of absolute boredom and, and, and we don't want that to happen. So we want you to be happy and live a long, long, happy life. Folks, remember, if you buy anything from Amazon, and I know you are because you're buying for Christmas, obviously, uh, I have more Amazon emails coming in on a daily basis with my wife discovering Amazon than I ever had in my past. Uh, she's always been a shopper, but she hasn't had that much time to shop this year, and she hasn't felt like going out to shop. So she's been hitting up Amazon hard this year. Uh, but if you buy anything on Amazon, put it in your cart. And before you check out, go to tipsintheservroom.com and click on that Amazon link and then check out. A few dollars of that, uh, that, that, that buying that you're doing is coming back to my show. And it's helping me to buy new equipment here. I am looking for, I believe, a, a two-channel, uh, I don't know what it's called, fire something USB interface, uh, probably, to put my, my big mixer back away. I don't really need the big mixer. So I might do that. Uh, you should be seeing in a few weeks here. I'm putting a new desk in here in the uh, studio. And I will be doing some video with that new desk. So you'll see the video. I'm absolutely sorry there's no video tonight. Uh, it was just a kind of a fast show to put out tonight. A, a quicker show than normal. So I'm not shooting any video tonight. It's strictly audio. But uh, but still go over and check, over, check out them videos at 42 Technoman on YouTube. Or you can search for Jack's Tech Corner and uh, check those out. So, But thanks for joining me. And please subscribe to the videos on YouTube. I would appreciate that. And uh, it would be nice to see you over there uh, watching those. There's a lot of them on there from Tips from the Serve Room and many, many other types of uh, videos that you could watch. So I hope you enjoy those. But, yeah, thanks for subscribing. Thanks for downloading and uh, checking out the show. And if you got a chance, give me an email. You can email me at tipsfromtheserveroom at gmail.com. And uh, let me know what you think about the shows. And maybe we can discuss some of that stuff uh, during the next uh, show or one after that. So take care, everybody. And remember, keep us servers secure and keep us computer folks uh, that you work with very, very happy. And you will be happier at your job. I will talk to you next time. Bye-bye for now, everybody. You just listened to Tips from the Server Room with your host, Jack. If you have any questions, please drop me a comment at tipsfromtheserverroom.com. Thanks again for tuning in and downloading the shows. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the remainder of the music. We'll see you next week on Tips from the Server Room. So long.